This is Hit Bull Win Podcast, the official podcast of the Durham Bulls, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Oh, baby, we're back. Back again. Back again. Uh, you are listening to Hit Bull Win Podcast, your favorite minor league baseball podcast. My name is Patrick Norwood. I am the video and digital production manager here at the Durham Bulls. I am lucky enough to be joined by Hit Bull Win Podcast better half, Scott Strickland, assistant general manager, comma, comma. operations. Scotty. Yo. How you doing? Good. Um, you know, day in the life, trying to get some sinks fixed. Sure. Seems kind of important. Yep. Where are the sinks? Um... Well, specifically, they're in the women, women's restroom number one, mm. men's restroom number two, oh, boy. women's restroom number three. Oh, this is multiple Men's sinks. room number three. This is not one Women's restroom sink. number four. These are a lot. And men's restroom number five. So one, two, three, four, five. All of them yeah. have at least one sink not working. Good. You know, it's Wednesday. Yeah. This is, as we're recording this, it is Wednesday, July 6th, mm. uh, which means we just went through Independence Day. We did. Massive crowd. Massive. Massive crowd. I think we finished a, a little shy of 11,000 people. Sure. Uh, fantastic time, though. Great night. Unfortunately, the Bulls couldn't pull it out. Hey, tried hard but to replicate that last, last July 4th. That last inning. So Xavier Edwards comes up to the plate, a home run shy of the cycle. Mm-hmm. Would be great footage if he walks off mm-hmm. and gets a home run. Mm-hmm. And I am up on the roof, on the roof. There of Diamond View. If the roof looking fire. at Paxton Rembis and Andrew Green going, I want him to do this, but I desperately don't want him to do this. Ball leaves his bat a little bit under warning track power. And uh, the immediately I was like, oh, no, I don't want him to do this. I yeah. want to be down there. You want to be down there. For the that. cool part was seeing it happen. Okay. Beat beat then the noise hits you yeah yeah, yeah, like the crowd losing their minds that was cool so we will definitely be using that hope everybody enjoyed our fireworks show it was a big one it was uh very long 16 minutes that was a long fireworks show not complaining you know me i love fireworks but a little more behind the scenes on that we had a new fireworks company last year right they're great pyrotechnico shout out Mm -hmm. the first couple shows were a little shorter a little short than what they were supposed to be right uh, and remember, last year our fireworks didn't start until May. Right, we didn't play in April. Yep. Well, and fireworks cause COVID, according to Major League Baseball. Yes, one baseball. So we started to really get into that late June, right. AKA right into July fourth. Sure. Um, and then July third was a little shorter than it was supposed to be. July fourth was supposed to be a fourteen-minute show last year and this year, and last year they. They said, yes. they basically said y'all will never complain to us again, <laughs> and they blew us out of the water. They did with a phenomenal show, and they've done that back to back years. Uh, great stuff. It's um, always cool to get. I think y'all's job, you and friend of the podcast, Paxton Rimbus. Sure, uh, I love the fireworks shots. I love the dad with the toddler on his shoulder yep. with the fireworks in the background. Background yeah. there in the foreground. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, those are cool shots. So, and it was neat seeing all the. Um, all the surrounding pictures taken from d- around the ballpark in Durham as well. Yep. Uh, those uh, cool. Yeah. You know how cool it is being up on that roof and you're looking out and there's like one show <laughs> pop, there, pop, pop, one show pop, there, pop. one show there. And then our show starts going before our show starts going. The lights go off one by one. Yeah. Not something I was anticipating capturing on camera because I was going to try and get really tight on a field yeah. shot. And I was like, you know, what? let's stay wide and see what happens. We can zoom in and post if we want to. And then seeing the lights go out three, two, one lights out boom and so i saw that in the video mm-hmm. um we do that every show camp friend of the podcast Cameron brindle um is the one responsible for killing those lights right i don't know how in sync to the tenth of a second he always is however three two one was was spot Perfect. on this Perfect. And it was the one time I put it on camera. Yeah. And anyone who has never been to the ballpark that just saw that video, you unfortunate souls, yep. thinks we just do it, nail it every single time. Right. The one thing I will say, there was one night Paxton and I came up on this roof. Okay. I am, uh, sorry, podcast, visual medium. I am pointing at the Durham Bulls roof. The aforementioned roof was Diamond View, which is near our uh, sort of center field. Yep. If you've never been to the ballpark, that's, two, to be exact. that's our that's center field. Uh we were up on our roof after fireworks ended. I was like, oh, you know, it'd be a really cool shot because I'm close enough now 
get a shot of the lights coming, coming on. on. That'd be a cool way to start a video, right? So I'd like start recording, wait and wait, wait and wait. And they wait. never came on. <laughs> and wait. And so then, of course, and we're up in more. Diamond View, and I look up after the fireworks, and and Paxton's like, "Oh, look, the lights just came on." Do you know why? I almost tossed them off the roof. No, I have no idea. So these lights, they're metal halite. They have to cool down mm. before they can essentially warm back fire up. back up. Yeah. Normal show is seven minutes ah. long. That was 16 minutes long. So they cooled all the way Good down call. during the show. The more you know. This is why you listen to Hippo Which podcast. is why on a normal fireworks night, well, all fireworks nights, we turn off the left field pole and down view pole as soon as the game ends. Right. To give them the opportunity to cool down a little bit more. So they'll come up a little bit quicker once fireworks are off. So there at least is a little bit of light as fans are trying to leave. We uh, we did have another another thing that I waited to tell you. Until right now. Okay. Uh, one, because 4th of July, I think everyone was not stressed, uh, a little intense on headsets, on comms. Okay. So I did not want to bring it up then because it didn't really seem pertinent. Uh, I will bring it up now because I want your live reaction. Yeah. Did you notice the two drones flying yeah. around the ballpark nonstop? So I, I won't reveal. What did you just say? Repeat the words you just said. The two drones yep. flying around the ballpark. Okay. Yes. Keyword in that sentence is around. Yes. Multiple people won't reveal their names. Okay. Came across multiple forms of communication. Right. Oh, I bet. Saying, do you see <laughs> there are, what do we want to do? However you want to word it, the beginning of that sentence. And they all ended that sentence with the drone or the drones over the field. Okay. That's not true. Patrick, there's a difference between yeah, that's not over true. the field and around the ballpark. Around the ballpark. And they were definitely not one in goes the field from, of play. One is literally illegal. Yeah. And one of them is not illegal. Right. Uh, and to a degree, therefore, one, we care about. One, it does not matter whatsoever. Yeah. That's like saying, do you see the helicopter flying I think it's. Distance? I think it's still illegal, but I don't think we have any legal ramifications we can take. You cannot. Right. It is illegal to fly a drone over a place of gathering. So you can fly it over the street. You can fly it over the other side of the freeway. You fly it over 147. Yes. Hmm. Yes. The more you know. Yep. Uh, you have to uh, be certified to do all that, um, which... Some of these guys are the one drone in question, most in question, that was behind the first baseline. Yes. We we know who that that person is. Okay, they they are, they are good to go, and they never fly directly over the ballpark. Okay, good. Um, oh, well, this, MLB this policy, went a lot better. Yeah, than I thought it would. Okay. MLB policy is um, if a drone does go over the playing field, we have to clear the playing field and try to identify where the wow. drone is from. And usually, that's actually that's one of those things that you would think might be pretty like impossible that's actually pretty easy yeah uh especially if you have a gator or two gators yes you just drive around they're usually within they can't go know, too far 100 yards there was one gentleman uh who was in the lawn by deepak uh yeah. by a loft i shouldn't say deepak um and it is very cool to be up on the roof because no one this is going to sound way creepier than i want it to <laughs> No one can realize you see pretty much. You can track people very easily. Yeah. So I watch it fly. It kind of flies right past my head. Yep. Like he got me in his video. Yep. After the fireworks show, and so I kind of look down. Choo -choo -choo -choo. I'm gonna snap a couple photos. See if we need these later. Just that, in and case. that's the other element to this is there's certain spots where they're always going to be flying them from. Right. And so we check those spots yeah. first. Yeah. Um, you are not allowed to, um, because American Tobacco is private property. They have a rule that you cannot fly drones over over their property, um, in which their security company is supposed to enforce that. Um, it's interesting. A little more knowledge for you on yeah. the drone conversation. That was, but I. So I feel like the drones were connected, though. Like I feel like it was a team of people because they were the same drone. Might have been. It was the same model drone. Might have been. Interesting. So that was the fourth of tops July. Tops of parking decks are also popular spots uh, flying from it was yes yes i noticed that too uh it was it was a great night i wish we would have walked off obviously at the same time the the sort of fomo i'll give it when you're not right in your normal spot when there's about to be a walk-off if you're shooting is very nerve-wracking mm. you're in an unfamiliar space sometimes that works out last year esteban kiros walks off on the fourth of july i'm in center field getting ready for you know our not on the roof 
in center field, and it's one of my favorite shots I got last year. The nice wide shot. You can see people stand up and throw their arms up. Um, but it's it's very uh, it's very nerve wracking when you're in an unfamiliar. Let state. me ask you a question, and it's along the same topic. You said nerve wracking, mm-hmm. which therefore could lead to nervous. Yes. Would you also call yourself? Did you have a little nervousness in that environment? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm usually a pretty cool customer when it comes to shooting. I try to be at least because that's the first thing of getting a good shot. If you're shaking and you're nervous, your shot's not going to be good. That's a good point. But the the biggest fear I have is missing something like that. I will never miss something like that. It's the nervousness of, oh, this this shot could be a lot better. What am I not getting if I'm, you know, usually I'm either right by the visitor dugout so I can get a nice shot of our dugout running on the field or I'm right by our dugout so you can get the nice audio of us running out on the field and then I can potentially go out there as well. I think mine is centered around like there's more importance to whatever it is in that scenario. For you in that scenario, it's, yeah, there's going to be more people that view a walk-off video or highlight clip or picture or whatever sure. than just a random picture of Ryan Bolt swinging bat. Right. Um, we do fireworks every single Friday and Saturday from the middle of May on right. and every Friday throughout the entire year. Uh, and I've been here for 19 years. However, sending at that back gate, uh, bottom nine, July 4th, and there's 11,000 people here. Uh, yeah, a little nervous, a little yeah. nervous. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love no, that feeling. It, but that's the drug, right? Correct. Like that's, that's what keeps, you know, people are like, oh, you work ridiculous hours and, you know, you've got to be exhausted all the time. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't understand. When it's playoff time and people are jumping and the game is tied and we got to run around third, nothing beats that. And it I is. look, I love all of the, I love Wooly Grams. I love doing this. I love all of that stuff. But nothing gets in my veins and gets my heart going more than we're about to walk off. A closer's on the mound. There's a guy on first and third, and there's two out. And yep. he is, like, imploding <laughs> and then comes back and saves himself. Not sh- not saying that was Phoenix Sanders uh, a yep. month ago, but yep. it was. Yep. Um, I mean, awesome strikeout. Yep. And that shot got me as jacked as a walk-off does. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I got into it for sports. All yep. this stuff is great. It's sports. gravy. It's gravy. I love it. But that is the reason why I do what I do. So, okay, that's baseball. We've we've now we are now leaving the baseball part of the podcast. Uh, you we probably did a fly by there. You you probably oh, bust the tower if you will. You uh you probably saw from the title that this is not a normal hit bullwin podcast. Mm-hmm. This is a review of one of Scott's favorite films of all time. I'll go ahead and say yes. Yeah, I mean immediately it's in your top five. I've had movies like that. Yes. Where it was, oh my gosh, this is, yeah, immediately I will cherish yeah. this forever. And and where we're going to eventually go with this, and part of that is and was the buildup. Sure. Which necessarily doesn't have anything to do with the quality of the actual Absolutely. movie itself. Absolutely. So we're going to review uh, Top Gun Maverick. Uh, I We both, I'll say it right off the bat, we both love this movie. Right now is the time where if you have not seen... Yeah, the movie. Stop. Stop I mean, if listen. you don't care about spoilers, then you know, go ahead, keep listening. But if you've not seen the movie, we are going to talk about massive plot points and everything like that. If you're somebody like me who really can't stand it when people don't give that spoiler warning, I'm giving it to you right now. Stop listening to Hipple when podcast this episode. Go back to our last episode with Paxton, uh, where we interrupted Scott's vacation. Uh, he started off with a very ceremonious belch, which was appreciated <laughs> online. Uh, but go back and listen to that episode, listen to a previous episode, or we will talk to you in a couple weeks. And we actually will. We took a little hiatus because Scott was traveling, I was traveling, that sort of thing. Uh, but we are going to do a review of Top Gun Maverick. We're very excited about this. Spoiler alert ahead. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back. Top Gun Maverick. Great movie. Great movie. Really enjoyed it. Glad I saw it right around uh, Independence Day because last year we were just talking about uh, El Pony, Esteban Quiros walking off on 4th of July. I left that night. did not stay for the post-game shindig that the Durham Bulls normally have after Independence Day in the front office. I went home and watched Top Gun. Okay with my wife and my buddy, uh, who at the time was in Birmingham, now lives in Durham. Shout out Patrick Brugman. Okay. Uh, great time. I love Top Gun. 
Um, I think we all do. There's the nostalgia of it. There's the corny 80s-ness of it that I think Stranger Things has really thrived on in the past yeah. few years. Um, and I, I think it, I think it fits. It's one of the few movies I've ever seen where I'm like the cheesier and cornier it can get when it comes to the eighties, the action, the, you know, let's grease up some bodies, wear blue jeans on the beach. Um, that's that stuff plays there and it works and it doesn't feel overly awkward. It makes yeah. you, it makes me irk a little bit, but it's not to the point where I want to turn it off. Uh, so Scott, start us off. Tell me two or three things that you just absolutely love from the movie. Um, okay. I, th- I think, uh, mentioned this a little bit earlier. I, I appreciate this is again, has nothing to do with the movie itself, but the buildup was awesome. Yep. Um, which would have been naturally great by itself, but then add the negative of COVID and the fact that the movie was delayed the right. time that we got to see it was pushed back what two years yes um that just made me want it even more yep um i top gun is one of those movies that's in my list if i'm flipping through the youtube tv scroll and i see its own i'm watching it it. that's it if there's five minutes left in it or an hour and 45 minutes left in it i'm watching it um not a cult following of it but just so the whole movie is cool yeah, every element of the first movie is cool, and so I had that build up going into this one. And I think usually on a sequel, um, usually sequels are obviously much closer together than this, these two were. You can know within the first ten minutes of oh, this is yeah, gonna this is gonna dud. be really good, or it's gonna yeah, yeah, right. Ten minutes in, I looked at some random dude to my left, and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is gonna be awesome. <laughs> Uh, and so I'm, I'm locked in. Yeah. Uh, I like that. I like that from the beginning. Um, they get you. I like the, I like the Tom Cruise random interview before the movie of like, we made this for you. Like a I, lot of movies have been doing I've that. Never, I had never seen that before. Um, just right quick. A movie that I is my film of the year right now. Everything everywhere all at once was made by five people. Okay. Five total. Uh, because they had this great script, a 24, the production house signed off on it. And then they're like, uh, yeah, COVID. So uh, they shot most of it. And then there's parts that they had to shoot where two VFX artists woke up at three in the morning in Paris to help them shoot in LA and kind of go through what it would look like. And the five of them sat there before the movie started. And again, it was a two minute thing of like, hey, we worked really hard on this. And the fact that you're here means a lot. Um, I would love it if that just stayed. Yeah, I, I thought it was I regardless thought it was very of cool. regardless of COVID or anything. Have the director just, hey, this is my movie. I put my heart and soul into this. I hope you like it. I think it also like it was kind of interesting. Obviously, during the movie, top uh, Maverick, Tom Cruise is looking like Maverick, but in that particular interview, he kind of looked doesn't. like an yeah. old Tom yeah. Cruise. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, this is reality. <laughs> this is like a normal person sitting here telling you, "Thank you for coming to watch this movie. Yes. We made it for y'all." Yeah, right. And then here's going to be all the. The Instagram versus reality type shot, right? Right. Um, and then the uh, the introduction of the uh, the leading lady. I thought that was how they handled that was just phenomenal. Where they didn't make it obvious who she was. You had to you had to think for a second, and like multiple people, which I told you about multiple people around me, kind of looked at one of like, "That's who that is." Yeah. Um, I thought throughout the entire movie, they did a great job of referencing and and using great scenes from the first movie and duplicating them in the second. Um, you know, you had the beach scene playing sports, uh, not volleyball, but whatever, um, which we can get into that in a second. Um, you had the, you know, the Admiral kind of yelling at you. You had, you had so many great elements of the first movie playing out in the second movie as well. Um, I thought the depth of the plot was tremendous. Uh, it was much deeper of a movie than the first one was. Um, I thought there was also a great balance of humor to it. And mm-hmm. obviously it's not a comedy, but the first one, I don't really remember any uh, humorous elements of that. And there were multiple in this one. Uh, I thought the cast was outstanding. I thought they nailed the roles. I think John Hamm just absolutely John Hamm was nailed it. Dynamite. Dude. Nailed it. He was so good. <laughs> uh and I and like I feel like 
this is part of the reason why I think he nailed it is because I feel like he was just himself during that. Right. That's what I think of him from Mad Men, Mad Men and I, I just think he nailed it. Um, and then the last 45 minutes of the movie, which I get some people might bring up as a little bit of a negative, like it just nonstop. I, it was like a fireworks show with four finales. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I fell in love with the movie while I was sitting there watching it. Um, it had a lot of uh, emotional pulls as well um, with the goose part. I kind of identify with with goose a little bit. I have a goose. I have a goose hat that I sometimes wear to tarp. I know you do. Um, and um, yeah, I thought the the kid was great. That that the the house she lived in, like uh, it, they nailed it. They yeah. just absolutely yep. nailed it. Um, I, I think there's there's something to be said about the goose thing too, where. Uh, there's certain movies where, you know, okay, obviously everyone wants to be James Bond, right? He is the lead character. You want to be James Bond. Nobody wants to be Q. Nobody wants to be M. You want to be James Bond, right? And then there are movies like, uh, for example, Goodwill Hunting, right? One of my favorite Favorites. movies of all time. Uh, people want to be the Ben Affleck character, just a good friend who wants to see their friend yep. do well. Yep. And that is what Goose is. There are very rarely times when people are like, oh, yeah, I want to be like Maverick. Like, sure, yes, you always want to be the best of the best and and this cocky guy who can back it up with what he does. But, like, yep. people want to be Goose because I think it's more attainable, right? Like, the best of the best, shooting for the stars, that's awesome. But realistically, that's we're, we're 2% of people, right. right? You can much more relate to the guy that's like, yeah, no, but I was his guy that helped him get there, you know? Yep. And I, I, just, I love that. I love that Top Gun's always done that. One scene I want to throw out... Uh, Maverick essentially steals two planes during the movie. Yes. Three. Excuse me. Yes. Three that he right. did not have permission. Right. The the beginning of the movie mm -hmm. on the Mach 18 million or whatever it was. Yeah, right. Um, when he was grounded. Yep. And then the, not the last scene, uh, but how they escape. Yeah, right. The second one in John Hamm's face, like when John Hamm left the mode of I'm grounding this guy. I'm never going to let him fly, blah, 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 yep. blah, blah, And was in the, I just bought a ticket and I'm going to watch this performer perform when he was doing the, the time trial essentially, right? Is what I was calling into my head. Uh, and everyone huddled around that TV to watch that. That was so cool. Yeah. And I was like, Maverick is here is going to show all you doubters that this is possible. Yep. That to me was one of the coolest parts of the movie. That's cool. So I loved, um, I think there's certain movies that can get away with fan service and with hey we're just because let's face it they kind of just remade top gun i'm not saying it's bad i'm not saying that's a gripe i actually am a massive fan of that okay. it works for star wars they made force awakens guess what that's just a new hope but it's a great movie of course you're going to remake it why wouldn't you it's a great story that people can attach themselves to and they want to go see it at a theater right i don't mind that they just remade top gun in fact i think the fact they were able to do it create a quasi new story yeah, and make you feel that attachment, that nostalgia, even look, Scott, I was born in 93. I wasn't around when Top Gun first came out, but the fact that you see photos of goose and you're nostalgic, like your experience that with Maverick of mm -hmm. like, Oh man, I miss my friend, mm -hmm. the whole audience. Oh man, we miss goose so mm -hmm. much. Um, I loved that. Miles Teller was awesome. And uh, I don't know if you've seen whiplash all time movie. Mm -mm. I, I put it in my top 20. Um, he is he's basically a drummer that is, you know, in the pursuit of perfection, works with this impossible teacher name, uh, played by J.K. Simmons, I mean, um, and they just, they fight constantly, and he's just always seeking approval from this guy, so it had to do with that perfection, right? And so when I saw that he was in Top Gun Maverick, I was like, ah, that's either going to be really good, or he's going to go way too hard at it, and because I've heard he's impossible to work with. Uh, he's just one of those guys that takes it way too seriously. So I wasn't sure how it would go. And he blew me out of the water. I thought he was awesome. Mm -hmm. I think he was just enough like Goose where you could see, okay, you know, the fact that you know both of his parents pretty intimately is, is important. But I like the fact that he wasn't just a copy and paste of Goose. Yeah. He had that sort of maverick sensibility of, no, I am the best. Like, yeah. I am the It was a new guy. character. Yeah. While also um, an old character. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I love that he was still very attached to his father, that there wasn't this weird, a strange thing because he died that he was so young. It's almost like he's trying to constantly 
earn his father's approval on this like never ending road where that can't physically happen. Um, Tom Cruise did well. He's a great action actor. Um, I don't think he should ever leave that realm. I think he is in his wheelhouse with that and Mission Impossible, and that should be his career for the rest of time. Um, I thought he was great. Uh, So you didn't like him in Jerry Maguire? (sighs) He's fine. He's fine. (laughs) That that movie's good. I I just just don't, I don't, I don't love it like a lot of people do. That's a me problem, not an everybody else problem. Uh, John Hamm, like you said, was great. Um, Most, most of the new recruits the new class the up and coming although i think if i understand the story correctly they are graduates they've already graduated and they're coming back to top gun to do this mission okay um most of them were great actors two of them were very bad actors uh which who you got that'll that'll bring me to we'll we'll switch up the order a little bit i'll give you a couple things i didn't like well i'll sprinkle this and then i want to get a couple things you and then my big gripe with the movie we'll get to in a minute okay um hangman just terrible who was just just I'm googling right now the hangman way top gun uh the way uh gotcha yeah the character was written and the way he portrayed said character no it was cartoonishly evil okay. it was the and like people were like oh he's just Iceman. no no Iceman backed it up and we saw it over and over again all we saw that guy do Get was just be mean to people. The movie. <laughs> was just really be mean to people for no reason. Okay, like he's they're in the pool hall. He's automatically just busting chops. Stop, man. We're all dude. We are all on the same page with you, bro. You can think you're better, and that's fine. One of those jokes is fine, but like nobody would actually look at that group and just say like, "Oh, I'm better than all of you. You guys suck." Who just makes fun of someone's dead dad? <laughs> Who does that? Yep. And doesn't get reprimanded, smacked down. I just didn't, I, I didn't like, and then the overacting too. Every line was just delivered with this like, I'm so much better. I'm so great. You guys don't even understand. And then the little perfect smile. I just, God, I just couldn't stand his character. I didn't like that he helped out at the end of the movie. That's how much I didn't like that character. I would rather have Maverick die than have Hangman be the one who saves everybody. Okay. And then, oh God, the girl. Uh, I can't remember her call sign. Phoenix, maybe? Yeah, she really didn't. So there's the scene that you were talking about where Tom Cruise starts doing the thing. Yep. There's a weird like dolly zoom into her face and she just goes, nice. Why did we need that? Why did we need that? The line was delivered horribly. It was super clunky and awkward. It ruined the pacing of the like, okay, he's going on this mission. He's doing it. He's doing it. You just showed a reaction shot from John Hamm. We don't need her to say nice for me to be sold that this is a good idea, right? So the acting was a little clunky. Okay. By those two, I think everybody else did great. I loved Bob. He yes. was a funny character. He was like yeah. the, the like C-3PO, right? Like when things got a little too intense, he was there to just dash a comedy and then I'm out, uh-huh. right? I, I thought he was great. So now I want to get some things that maybe you weren't super impressed with or you wish could have been done better or flushed out more. I did not understand. This goes to your point that you made. I did not fully understand Hangman. You knew they were. They sent. They wrote him off for thirty minutes. He's gone. He's gone. He doesn't exist. And for the guy who's supposed to be the new Iceman, that is the top cream of the crop. He's just gone. So you knew that they were going to bring him back at some point. Some point, yeah. And then just minutes kept going by. I was like, is this guy ever going to show up again? Yeah. and he, you know, he he comes back. But he, ah, you know, that was that was just strange to me. How that whole character happened and existed in the movie was a little strange to me. Um, he had the he had he had the look down of being the bad guy. I'll give I'll at least give that from a uh, picking out your character uh, perspective. Um, I, it kept going a little bit too much for me. Just like a little bit too much. Yes, it was. Um, it was like I said, cartoonishly evil. Yeah, it wasn't believable. No, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm changing away from him. Oh. Just the movie itself. Oh, oh, gotcha. The ending just kept going a little bit too much for me. I see. Um, I see. I'll that, agree with that, that. Previous reference, I said like it had like four different. Fin- it was like a, f- a fireworks show with four different finales. I wouldn't find with two. I wouldn't find with three. It just, it just kept going. It, it wouldn't end. Um, 
And I don't want to like, I hate thinking that because I love the movie. Um, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the football scene. Um, the dogfight football. Yeah. It went too long. Yeah. it. Uh, I saw some reference online that that should have been with where the movie was shot. It should have been Pac-12 style football. <laughs> and it was more SEC-ish than it was. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was humorous. Blue collar. Let's yeah. line it up and run it down yes. your throat. Um, I wanted a little bit more out of there. Yeah. Um, Rooster Rooster does have a sick juke in this. Yes. I mean, just head fake and everything. Bryce yep. Young-esque. Um, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of the enemy. Um, I like that though. The, the, it, it, uh, I like a little bit of, I don't know. I just wanted to see a little bit more of the enemy. Um, because one of the things I've read post watching the movie was, Hey, who, who do you think the enemy was? It's, um, well, it's two. You have two options here. You could piss off a nation. Yes. <laughs> right. I want I, I want to have a clear I want to have a clear enemy. Here's here's the thing that I find very interesting is in the 80s like eh you still don't want to make Russia too we all know it's Russians. No one's kidding themselves. It's Russia, okay? <laughs> but you don't want to make that crew mad. Now well, I, I don't know. Like yep. what are we what are we really avoiding here? Well, I love that they do that and then Rocky 4 I mean, Drago's, is that the same year? Is that a year before, year after? Like, I, I will never understand why they didn't just say, like, oh, it's the Russians. In this film, I think you could easily say, oh, they're North Koreans. I mean, I assume you go to North Korean movie theater, you know, with, with all your freedom at night. You uh, you watch a movie about right. some bad Americans, right? right? Anyway, um, yeah, I wanted to clear. I want a little bit more of the enemy. Um, other than that. That's Paxton's I, big gripe. I, I don't... Uh, I don't really have anything. Um, I'm curious to see. I had a friend who went to see it in 3D uh, and has seen it in the normal resolution, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, and so I plan to go see it again because, one, I want to go see it again. And two, all right, well, the second time you see it, why don't you do the 3D element? So um, I, don't know, I, I got uh, going back to what I liked. One of the cool things, my mom and I, we love movies. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I go visit her, we always go see a movie. Um we were at the movie, different theaters. I was obviously in North Carolina. She was in South Carolina. We were at the movie at the same time. We 11 a.m. show too. Yes. Yep. As we've mentioned. Uh, so that we could talk about it, poof, as soon as we left. And uh, she was the one that brought it up. And I didn't necessarily agree with her, but I didn't disagree with her. I've already told you this. Yep. She said, do you think it was better than the first one? And I was like, oh, I... I until that point, I hadn't even allowed my brain to go that way. Yeah. Um, if you ask me ten times, I think eight out of the ten times I might tell you that it was better than the first one. I, I see. I'm just. I'm not there, and I'm and not teeny up for that. I'm not close to there. Mm. And I'll tell you why. When Top Gun came on the scene, it was the only movie to do that. It was the only movie. There was one Top Gun. That's it. Okay. And I'm not saying there's a million Top Guns now, and like. But you have dogfighting movies. You have Dunkirk is a great example of a movie with a dogfight. You've got uh, Star Wars, for goodness sakes, has great dogfighting sequences and planes. Um, I just think the action sequences, we know you're going to nail that, Top Gun. We know that. I need more story-wise. And here's my big gripe, and this is what people have been getting really, really angry with me with when I've said it. Jennifer Connelly's character, man. What are we doing? What about it? Do we need Penny at all? Yes. Let me let me ask you a question. That's one of my favorite parts. Let me let That's me ask one you of the a question. Best parts of the movie. If we take Penny out of the movie, does the plot change? Yeah. How? There's no love interest. Who he's in love with the game, dude. His love interest is flying planes. There's no love interest. But the whole the whole a huge part of the first movie is the love. So if you if you pull Where was she? I don't even mean the actress. 
Where was the character? What happened? We never got an explanation. If I'm supposed to believe in this love story, you have to tell me like, oh yeah, well that's before she cheated on him or whatever it is. So you hated the end of Sopranos because that didn't get fully explained I either? I actually never saw Sopranos. Oh my god! I had to pick between Sopranos and Wire and I picked the Wire. Oh, yes, you didn't. Have, you, maybe at the time you had like, what am I, I going to start watching today? I absolutely today? did, yes. Because I only have a, a finite amount of time to watch a show that I can bench. Um, I need to watch Sopranos. That's a me problem. Uh, well, but clearly they they're they're together. I don't I, who who Penny, is together. Penny and and Maverick. no 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 no. I'm talking about Top Gun one. Okay, where did that love interest go? Um, she's probably teaching uh, some uh, so, like a Top Gun maybe a Top Gun retirement facility. <laughs> <laughs> she's teaching VR. She's quite a bit older now. Dog fighting. Uh, I just I didn't like that character. We didn't need it. Um, the thing that drove me most insane is you have a guy like Maverick that is, I am the guy. Okay. And he knows. He wakes up in the morning. He eats, bleeds, sleeps. I am a pilot. And not only am I a pilot, I am the best pilot. Okay. Okay. This is a man who gets grounded and then sulks off to a bartender. And then the bartender is like, yeah, no, the bartender's no, no, nope, wait. No, no. I really think you should stick with it. And then... Imagine telling Michael Jordan, hey, I think you should really stick with that basketball thing. Okay. Wait, he literally quit basketball. And then he goes, oh, he was grounded. Yeah, no, Penny, you're right. I should stick to the thing that's been my entire lifeblood for the past 30 something years. It, it drove me insane. He is the person who needs to make that decision for himself. You know what? No, Ice didn't die for this. Goose didn't die for me to quit. I owe it to those two dudes to get back in that plane to show my students that this thing is possible. And instead, we have Penny, the freaking bartender, being like, no, you should really get back up in the air. No, that's BS, man. That's BS. And I think most people that enjoyed the movie, if you ask them their top two or three things, they will include Penny. I Penny's character. You're probably right. And I am uh, telling you right now, she is bottom three for me in that book. Gosh. Uh, her daughter is annoying too. Her daughter. Oh, wow, this is just an attack her, on Penny. Her daughter just sawing Tom Cruise in half. It's, that goes again. It was. It had more. It had. You're. A th it was more than an action movie to me. You're and a. That's why I. Like you're it. a 14 year old kid doing chemistry homework. Do not tell me about how I fly a plane. And then, oh gosh. And okay. So then I'm sitting with Brick, and this is why we probably shouldn't go to movies together. Okay. John Hamm. It's the. It's a great monologue. Where he's like, yeah, you just showed them that you can do the course and that the mission is possible and that's great, but uh, what do I do with you now? And there's that silence and the rain's hitting the window and Brick just leans over to me and goes, why don't you just go ask Penny the bartender what she thinks and maybe you guys should just do that. You just did not like Penny. I don't. I, that's obvious. And I like Jennifer Connelly a lot. Beautiful Mind, great movie. Oh, Requiem for a Dream, awesome movie. I did not like her. And it's not even the fact that I thought she was a bad actress here. I thought she acted the part really well. I just think it was written terribly and thought, it was unnecessary. I thought she added a, uh, an additional older person element to the movie. Like you had the young bucks. There was a little bit of that going on, right? You had the young bucks of the new recruits, so to speak. And then you had a little bit of the older regime running, running the show as well. Um, I liked, I liked that depth to me is how I would label the that. point of the movie is the fact that he is on his way out not only him and this is one thing I really liked about it is uh, the story like it's 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 a theme that gets brought up in a lot of stories we are the old we are looking down we're, we're in the sunset and we're looking at the next generation coming up realizing okay we are either completely getting wiped out which Tom Cruise's character is right he is leaving the cockpit for these new pilots. And then you have the uh, sort of Jessica Alba 2003's stealth, if you've ever seen it, Scott, of uh, pilots are just going to be no more soon. It's just going to be unmanned aircraft. And, you know, they almost shut down the program in the first 10 minutes of the movie, right? Mm -hmm. um, Ed Kane didn't get enough FaceTime here. No, he didn't. And that's somebody that I would love to see more than Penny's daughter, so you basically you can summarize this as you didn't like seeing a softer side of Maverick. Uh, I'm fine with seeing a softer side. I want to see that vulnerable side. I want him to get through that crap by himself. I still think he did. But no, he didn't. He went and sold to a bartender and she's like, you should really get back up there. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Benny. That, that's not why he got back up there. It though. just it just drives me insane. He went and had to sulk in the first movie to get back up there. 
Yes, and he was a child, and now he's a grown man, Scott, <laughs> and you have to show me character growth. I think that does show character that, growth. That scene, look, follow me here. He's, Inst- he's no longer just a hot shot instead, idiot kid. And instead of taking his motorcycle to Penny's house to sulk and get a hug, and it's okay, he goes back and he sits alone and he throws his leather jacket down in his house and he looks up and right before he's about to go to bed and right before he's about to tear his dog tags off, he looks up and he sees a photo of Goose. Yeah. Uh, blah, and and blah. The, it, that's how I feel about the bartender, man. Blah. That's blah. We don't need Jennifer Connelly in this movie. Yeah, we do. We don't. Actually, I won't even say that. We need more of it. We need way less. And we need zero of her daughter. Funny element right here. While we've been talking, I've been wondering why Cameron Brindle looked sad, depressed, and was just stopped not doing anything. We'll it's pack, be- lose it's another because crew. he literally ran out of gas. <laughs> <laughs> As gas gets delivered. Whoops. Uh, I love the movie. The action sequences are second to none. Pretty good. Most everything else, I just wanted more. Um, I wanted more of Miles Teller talking about Goose, how I don't have that many memories of my dad. I wanted a monologue from him about Goose, and we never got it. Yeah. I, he didn't. He didn't come across to me as someone who could deliver that, which was a little weird. I think he could. I, I, I don't think it would have played how they, how they were using his character at that point. Yeah, I see that. I see that. Again, that's my one massive gripe with this movie is the writing of the Penny character completely took me out of the sequences of I hope she's on cameo so I can get you a I would a love that. Out. I love Jennifer Connelly. We should have put we should have put Penny on our Top Gun t-shirt. And you know what? I actually really like the first scene where she's like rounds for everybody. Guess what? I actually didn't like that. I like that scene I just that fine. Was stupid. I, I like that scene just fine. All the way up to Great Balls of Fire. That's great. That's the emotion that I wanted for the whole movie. And I was like, we're set. And then I was like, I need more Great Balls of Fire. I need less Penny the Bartender. I did like that it's kind of a callback. It's a very, you have to be a diehard fan to understand Correct. who that character is, which is another grab I have with it. This isn't Lord of the Rings. This is uh, not Star Wars I, I where like there's this lore the and this mythos bit. built up. I like the non-obvious... To most people, that is just a random bartender. I love it. Uh, I love it. So that's my big gripe. I love the movie. Now we're going to get to my favorite part, though. My absolute favorite part of the movie. The dialogue slash non-dialogue between Val Kilmer, between Iceman, and Maverick. By the way, that's the person who should have told him, hey, back up in the air you go, my friend. Um, So you're complaining about your favorite part? No. No. No, no, no. I'm saying that instead of Penny doing it, it should have been Iceman. There should have been a second piece of dialogue right before his untimely demise. Okay. Uh, but for Val Kilmer to have the guts to get back on camera with the condition that he has, with the amount of surgeries that he's had, to basically realistically watch his own funeral play out. Okay. Um, the, the sequence where he has to type to talk to him, I thought was a very impactful way to do that scene. I love that we got to hear his voice a little bit, mm-hmm. probably how it actually sounds. Um, I, I was just, I was emotional. That scene got me very emotional, you know, cause there's, there's the, of course there's the rivalry and the, you can be my wingman anytime. But now, okay. now these are two grown men. Mm-hmm. These are two grown adults who have put everything aside and just, Hey, we are the best of the best. I know I'm the best pilot, but if there's anybody that I could think is 1A, 1B, it's this guy. And the fact that those two could come together 36 years later with the amount that that meant behind the scenes to Val Kilmer, with the way they shot it with him typing on a computer, um, I just I thought it was beautiful. I, just, I thought it was so well done. And from then, I was sold on the rest of the movie. Okay. Before then, I was pretty much sold because the action was that? sequences that was were awesome. Halfway? Just past A halfway? little bit past halfway. Yeah. Um, but I just uh, that just floored me. I was I was just absolutely leveled by it. It's a great movie. I, th- I thought it was awesome, man. I'll, I will go see it again. Yeah, and I will roll my eyes at Penny the bartender, and that's fine. That's fine. I think I think we should go together for our second viewing. I'm in because I can't wait to look at you when the slow zoom into Phoenix's face and she goes nice. I can't wait to just be like Scott. I'm all what about is this? Penny. 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 Good stuff. I, I'm the I. My wife thinks this. Brick thinks this. I think they're a little bit influenced by the fact they went to go see it with me. 
and I hyperanalyze stuff like that because I'm annoying to go to the movies with, and that's that's how my brain works. We'll go, and you just have to sit at one end. And yeah, and, and I'll just text you like, "Hey, that was a terrible line. <laughs> Why did she need to say that?" The little, oh, the little girl, just her daughter. I thought it was was, great. was that before you? Shouldn't you be an admiral by now? Shouldn't you be in school? Great stuff. Go back to recess. What's the daughter's name? Even like Emma. Doesn't matter. Claire something. I don't know. Great movie. Great. I, I loved it, man. I really did. Is there any any final thoughts you have on this? Do you hope for a Top Gun three? No, no. It's done. This is it. This is it. And I think that was. I think that was cool too. It didn't leave you with a cliffhanger of another one. No, a Mission Impossible nine. Right. Which I love all the Mission Impossibles. Don't get me wrong. I've seen one and two, but this one just has this has an emotional connection. People, people. These are what's generational movies. These are generational movies. Yes. Top Gun was a generational movie, uh, and you don't you don't mess with that. And the way they messed with it, so to speak, was was perfect. You know, not one year later we're going to release another one. Uh, this is not Jurassic Park, summer of two thousand twenty one, and we're going to release another one summer two thousand twenty two. None so of that bad. crap. So bad. Um, those Jurassic it movies. Was, it so was. Bad. It was fantastic. It, it was. It was. It hit me right in the feels. It's one of those movies that you'll sit down with your kids with, and like ah. Oh, we need to watch this movie yep. together. Yep. Um, both of them. Both of them. The, I will say to kind of sign this off, the opening, I love that they kept it almost exactly. Oh, I have one the more script, thing. The font, excuse me. Yeah, I thought was the font was, was great. Cool. And then the, yeah, awesome. We got to about that. For, that's okay. That's when, that was my first, I, we talked about that for a second. Five minutes in, you usually know if a sequel is going to be yep. good. I, I got goosebumps right now. Yep. That was so cool. Yes. The font was, I was like, oh. Did you notice, this is one thing we didn't talk, we didn't talk about the music at all. And it was awesome. It was. Until, uh, well, now hold on. Until Penny? Uh, Top Gun, no, she probably had a hand in ruining it. Um, Tom Cruise is going through the canyon run to show them that they can do it. Did you hear the faint notes of Danger Zone in the score? Yes. Yes. That is so yes. impressive to yeah. me. That was yeah. so cool. I was like, okay, you can't play Danger Zone right now. We're too emotional in this movie to really hit a Danger Zone, <laughs> right? But I really like the fact that they were like, here we go. Let's, you know. Oh, the first uh, the first sequence where they show the guys on the aircraft carrier. That's awesome. One last thing. Okay. Again, I loved this movie. I really did. What was the last song? Uh, I don't know. Exactly. And this, and however, was, however, you're, you're going, you just use that as a, yeah, because it was so, it wasn't great. Therefore, you don't remember. Uh, I wouldn't say I, that. I'm no. going at that from the approach of there were so many phenomenal things that that's one of the reasons why I want to go back and watch it again is to pick up on some of the things that were overshadowed by so much awesomeness. Yes. Uh, the last song is a song sang by Lady Gaga that has nothing to do with the movie. Hmm. Where Lady Gaga, by the way, is an actress, would have loved to have seen her in this movie because she's actually a pretty decent actress. If you're going to throw her singing at the end of the movie, I don't even care. I don't even mind the song. I don't think the song was terrible. Play Take My Breath Away there. I wonder how that wor- worked. Right. Or didn't work, obviously. I, I don't know. Because I would have. There's got to be a reason why they didn't use it. How great is it if Lady Gaga sings Take My Breath Away as, yeah. the, as the World War II. Fighter, the Spitfire is just kind of Lady Gaga messing with "Take My Breath Away." Oh no, I t- I'll Find take it. I'll take it every day for Lady well, Gaga. That's the whole point of the movie, though, Scott. Is it's not the it's not the first movie. This is a new era of Top Gun, right? We have Lady Penny Gaga the bartender has now. nothing to. She can't touch a fighter jet movie. She did. She's in the ending, and her music crescendos with the credits that I had already walked out <laughs> after. Because <laughs> I was like, I was like, what is this song? You know what's more impactful? Don't play any music. Have it just mm. be the plain sound effect disappearing into the horizon into the movie. And then you hit him with Take My Breath Away. And then you hit him with Danger Zone. Top Gun Night, Durham Bulls Athletic Park. Yeah. July 8th, right? 7th? Well, Friday or Saturday? It's Friday night. And uh, it's definitely not going to be. It's the eighth. Yeah, it's the eighth. It's the eighth. I had it right the first I time. I kind of forgot today is the sixth and today is Wednesday. Yes, keep, sir. I keep thinking today's Tuesday. Well, it's usual. So um, if you come to the game, if you come to Top Gun Night, uh, what are you going to get if you get here early? Uh, you, you get a really cool t shirt. Yeah, a a, a cool a t-shirt. very like minimalist t shirt, which 
probably makes it. Cool. Have you ever wanted a shirt with the Top Gun logo and the Durham Bulls logo? I have great news for you. Yep. We got that. Be one of the first thousand fans. That is July 8th. Hey, listen, we'll be right back for an outro. All right, so as we mentioned, Top Gun Night, July 8th. You're going to want to be here for that. Top Gun Night last year was a ton of fun. Are you going to shave your beard and just have a mustache? No, Andrew Green asked me to. And when you're blonde, you either shave it and keep it or you shave it and lose it forever. Hmm. Not forever, just for a long period of time. And it took me long enough to grow this that I don't want to. Leslie texted me yesterday. For everyone that doesn't know who Leslie is, our director of promotions. She said, Scott, can you grow a mustache? For Top Gun Night. I politely responded. Uh, yeah, that's on Friday of this week. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe had you let me know a month ago. Anything. Yeah, right. <laughs> by Friday. However, I will certainly try. Um, but I, I'm going to I'm gonna get into this one a little bit. I think you should. Yeah. Uh, it's more fun at the ballpark when the staff is into mm-hmm. it and, you know, mm-hmm. Pens- Princess and Pri- Pirates Night. Yep. We had multiple people with eye patches, crowns walking around. Yep. Uh, what was the other one? Wooly's birthday. Everybody had birthday hats on. Yeah. It I just, wore an eye patch for like two minutes. It was messing up. Yeah, no, I can't do that. Yep. It's hard to shoot video and have one eye. Um, it's like having a lens cap on or something. Yeah, but we do not have jumpsuits or anything. We don't have aviators. Maybe we should look at to get in some aviators. aviators. Staff aviators. Cam, pretty cool. Cam big, somewhat aviator. What guy. happened? Cam randomly decides Out to start wearing aviators. Out of a sunglass guy. Oh my gosh. Never know what you're going to that guy. Never yeah. know. You never know. Uh, hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I know it's been a minute. Uh, we're going to do another episode in a couple of weeks. We've already got our topic picked out. I think it's something uh, we're getting way back into baseball, by the way. This was a fun little detour, mm-hmm. but we'll get right back into baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, going to talk about the All-Star break. Going to talk about what an All-Star break is like, like as a staff member, as a player, as a coach. Um, going to talk about your favorite All-Star break memories. May even dip our toe in the pool of what was the All-Star game like here, Scott? Since mm-hmm. it was a while yeah. ago, and a lot yeah. of people, this would be a fun episode. Either will not, we're not here, or uh, we're here and have forgotten about it. I'm interested in that episode. Again, that will be back to our regular scheduled programming. So two weeks from when you are listening to this, you can expect another episode. Uh, come out to a ball game. Come see us durandbulls.com/tickets. Go get yourself a shirt, not a Top Gun shirt. You got to be a first thousand fan. We're not selling those. I'm sorry. Uh, legally, we cannot. We desperately want to. I promise, but we cannot. Um, but go to DurhamBulls.com slash shop. You can find a bunch of other great gear. Black Sox release has been going over really well still. Hats all over the place. Uh, they look great. Uh, they the throwbacks still selling like hotcakes. Here's a little teaser for you. Pax and Rimbus and I shooting two more jersey reveals within the next two weeks Ooh. before the next episode comes out. Uh, one of those will be posted. I don't know if the other one will be posted yet or not. But be on the lookout for that. That's a project that Pax and I are very excited to uh, shoot. Here's a teaser. We're going to the beach. Mm. And if you're a diehard Durham Bulls fan, you know it's coming. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Bye-bye.